One of the things I've mentioned many a time, and armed with my new transcription of all these episodes, I can tell you, if you're interested, that I've mentioned it in episodes 5, 23 and 24, 6, 13, where it's in the context of superintelligence, 8, 63, where it's in the context of a discussion of embeddings and encodings, and in 8, 80, is the problem, or at least the desirability, of being able to say many things at once. The problem of not being able to say many things at once is that we are always being forced to make allowances for whatever it may be that someone says at a particular point in a conversation, or if we overhear somebody making a single remark, taking it out of context and generalising it to a position that isn't true of where they stand. Saying many things at once would involve being able to say all of a piece and to some extent one can get one's mind into a state where it does this, but to speak of anything as true or factual is to say what you value, what you think matters, what you think it best for human beings to believe and do, and therefore implicitly for what you think it best to be as a human being, or as an inhabitant of this planet, or as a citizen of the universe, or whatever you want to call it. To seize upon one thing and treat it out of context is intellectually dishonest, And yet it is something that we almost feel obliged and forced to do because of the linearity of the way in which we give voice expression to what we really believe. But if you think about this in relationship or of the relationship between the non-conscious and the conscious brain, the non-conscious brain, rather like a neural net, is full of things, information, processes that are all going on simultaneously, but only one of which, at any given moment, can come fully into conscious appreciation. And that thing that comes into conscious appreciation may well be no more than a single sliver, a fragment of what it is that we really think. So if someone hears us say, well, there are no facts, and chooses to interpret it as though we weren't saying it out of a framework within what we mean is in the absence of values and matters of things that matter to us and so forth, there are no facts, then they will misunderstand us inevitably, unavoidably, understandably. So saying many things at once is a very powerful capacity or the ability to do so and it does remind me if we go back to chapter 63 or episode 63 of series 8 that we have talked about this in the context of embeddings and in that context it's very important because when an embedding takes a word and places it in the context of a very complicated association of meanings in a sentence wherever it may arise, wherever that happens, we are in a position where we are trying, at least, to see the meaning of the word 
in a way that involves allowing it to say many things at once. And we also do this to some extent in poetry, where we don't take the literal meaning of a word as being what the poet means. We instead take the multidimensional universe of words that an embedding attempts to encapsulate. And so embeddings do manage in a certain way to say many things at once in a way that is entirely desirable. Because, to repeat what I've said before, the ability to use a word in a particular context to mean a certain thing, despite the fact that the word itself is used in many contexts to mean many things, is one of the skills of language users. We don't misunderstand one another because the words that we use can occur in many sentences, but we do tend to misunderstand one another because the sentences that we use can occur in many paragraphs, and those paragraphs can occur in many larger contexts. And that is partly what this is all about. You may remember it was towards the end, I think, of the very last episode, episode 100 of series 8, that I described the experience of waking up one morning with apparently a very clear understanding of, well, not everything, but some topic that was preoccupying me at the time, and making the mistake, as it turns out, usually turns out, of going and trying and writing down what it is you have come to realise. Because the process of writing it down linearizes it. And that's exactly what I was saying in the first half of this episode. That because we can't say many things at once, although we can to some extent apprehend many things in our non-conscious existences, because we can't say many things at once, whatever we say involves prioritising one thing over other things. And even if we say many things sequentially, something has to come in front and something has to come at the back and everything else takes its place in between. And that may be one of the reasons why human beings are so apparently obsessed with ranking things. Because the very nature of our conscious existence, our limited conscious existence, forces us to linearise things, to put things in order. So when we say anything, we say one thing first and then something second and so on and so on. And that can easily be taken to indicate priority, sequence, importance, but it needn't. And it usually doesn't. And when we hear somebody say one thing out of context, or just read one sentence out of context, or a paragraph out of context, or in some cases a whole book out of context, we can come to understand them mistakenly. Because the linearization inevitably distorts. And I was trying to think about an analogy. And I first of all thought of an analogy of having a, 
a ball of string where you get hold of the end and pull and imagine that the ball somehow unravels into a long sequence which consists of the pieces of the string as you pull them out and it occurred to me that this isn't a very good analogy because what often happens it certainly happens if you've got wires is that the process of trying to pull them out inevitably makes the tangling worse so what's left even if you get a bit of it out is that the remainder is even more knotted than it was to start with and I thought well that's not a very good analogy then and then I thought oh actually it's a very good analogy it's an even better analogy than I initially thought because the process of linearizing does exactly that kind of entangling and confusing and dissipating. So the experience that I was describing in episode 100 of series 8 of waking up one morning with my ball of string in my head in its inchoate form and trying to write it down, trying to get hold of it and pull so that I ended up with a linearization of that is inevitably, inescapably going to destroy it certainly distort it, probably tangle it, and the result will certainly not be anything like as satisfying as it was in its inarticulate, inchoate, non-conscious, existential reality when I hadn't really tried to put it into words. And I suppose that's something of the sort of thing that people like about music, particularly complex orchestral music, that it says many things at once, that there are many voices going on, that in polyphony and harmony we are presented with many things at once in a way that is almost impossible with words, except in the with the possible exception of in poetic language. We certainly can't read many things at once. We can listen to many things at once. Can't even listen to many words at once. We just can't do that. So music is interesting in that respect. I suppose it's a little bit like looking at a picture as well, where we look at many things at once, or we think we do. Although I'm told that the psychologists think that we're in fact mostly looking at single points on the picture and just flicking more quickly than we imagine from one thing to another, be that as it may. So the process of trying to write things down, the process of trying to make sense in that way, can't but distort. And I suppose that my, my hope about this podcast, about these 350 or whatever it is nearly episodes, is that those who listen to them will not be too picky, nitpicky, pedantic, about what I've said, but will rather try to get the overall gist, the sense of what I'm saying, because these words are coming out in a linear fashion. You're listening to them in a linear fashion. However many different orders there are that you can listen to the episodes, each episode will come out as one word after another. And so it's linearized in a way that can't help but distort what I'm really trying to get at. And what I'm asking you to do, asking everybody to do, is to reintegrate the linearity 
so to speak, to scrumple it up into a ball, to put it into their heads and let it suffuse their brains in such a way that into your head is reconstructed something at least approximately like the world that I'm trying to describe in these words that inevitably come out one after the other. And well, I'd love to be able to articulate it better, but words themselves fail us in these regards. And I do hope that however critical you may choose to be, you allow the, the flavour of what I'm saying to make more impression on you than the detail. Because the flavour is what matters. That we need to try to unmake sense of the world because the sense in which we are understanding the world is unsustainable, mistaken, humanly and environmentally destructive. And we've just got to do better. And what I'm trying to do in these episodes, however forlornly or with however much futility, is make a small contribution to encouraging people to rethink the way they make sense of the world. Thank you for listening.